0: My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, for the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. In the Gospel of Luke we read of the day of the Last Supper. And we see there that the Last Supper was was the object of our Lord's preparation of his planet. That that first mass didn't happen by chance, by accident. But rather that you, Lord, were lovingly looking forward to it. This is from Luke chapter 22. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover for us. That we may eat it. And so our Lord has this in mind, but He also gets His apostles involved, right? He he wants them to prepare for the Last Supper, He wants them to prepare for the first Mass, to prepare it for Him, to prepare it in a certain sense with Him, because He is sending them. They said to him, where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house which he enters and tell the householder, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I am to eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. There make ready. And they went. And found it as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. So Lord we see. That for you. The mess was. Was the object of your forethought. Of your foreknowledge. Of your loving preparation. That he had thought of the time. and The place. That he was ready for it. and we too lord in our in our vocation want to make the mass a special object of our of our desire of our attention of our thought of our planning if we're going to get to mass daily lord we have to plan it and if we're going to do it every day we're going to try to do it well to Think about how to do it better, how to be there with our Lord. And when the hour came, he sat at table and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you I shall not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. The more literal transliteration of earnestly desire is, with desire I have desired. Right, That's what the Greek kind of literally reads, with desire I have desired. And scripture scholars will tell us that that is not a, um, a usual Greek turn or phrase, or a usual Greek formulation. To make an adverb out of, out of a direct verb, right? Like can intensify the verb by repeating the verb. With desire I have desired. And they conclude from that that this is probably like the literal words that our Lord said in, in, in Aramaic. With desire I have desired. We see the same thing happen in other passages of the gospel, right? Rejoicing they rejoiced. And so Lord, you express here your, your great yearning to be with them, to eat with them, to celebrate the Passover with them. You express, Lord, that you enjoy their company. And this is our prayer life, and this is our presence of God, to let our Lord enjoy our company and to enjoy his company. You express, Lord, that you gen- genuinely love them with, with true human affection, with desire of desire to eat this meal with you. That you're truly their friend as you are mine. In the letter to the Hebrews, we read, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, now, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, now, and forever. And so though your dispositions at that first Mass, your dispositions towards those apostles who you yearn to be with, who you desire to be with with a great desire, are the same dispositions that he has towards me and you every time we go to Mass. He yearns to be with you in the Mass. He yearns to be with me in the Mass. And that yearning, Lord, is not limited to your fraternity. It's not limited to your enjoying their company and our company. His desire to eat the Pasch is a desire to give himself, a desire to serve them radically. A desire to empty himself out in the Eucharist as he does on the cross. Holy sacrifice of the Mass, because it's one with the sacrifice of the cross. And so our Lord says before I suffer I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Clear reference to the passion and death that will happen the next day. And we know, we know that temporally, physically the Last Supper is not the same historical event as the cross. We also know with our faith that they're closely united in our Lord's will, and our heart they are actually just one act, right? It's the Paschal Mystery. One thing. In the order of grace, Holy Thursday and Good Friday and the Resurrection form one act of, of redemption, one act of salvation. And there's a particularly close connection, as we know from our faith, between the Last Supper and Good Friday and between, therefore, every Mass and Good Friday. The words of the consecration, the words of the institution of the Eucharist is kind of like a decoder key, right, for what happens the next day. What happens on Good Friday. It's like a code that helps us to, to crack or solve the mystery of the cross. Why is that? Well, because if we don't, if we don't. Have the Last Supper, what we see on the cross could simply be a, a terrible death, right? An unjust act, a terrible suffering, something imposed primarily from the outside powerlessness, degradation, injustice, sin, death. But the Last Supper, our, our Lord's words at the Last Supper and the words, Lord, that we hear repeated in every mass of our lives give a new meaning to the cross, give a new meaning to that death give a new meaning to that suffering a meaning that you can't see just by looking at the cross just by being there. Because what does our Lord say? Take this this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Right? This is my body given. This is my body given up. This is my body given over. This is my body sacrificed. And just like the, the holocausts of the Old Testament, just like the sacrifices of, those of the Old Testament, the victim is eaten by the priests and participants. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after supper saying, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And so the apostles, having heard those words of Last Supper, this is my body given, take and eat. This is my blood poured out, the blood of the new covenant. Take and drink. The apostles were able to reflect on the cross, perhaps not look at it, because only St. John was there, the foot of the cross. But they were able to reflect and realize that that this was their redemption. That what was happening on the cross was not so much happening externally toward Lord, but it was something that He was doing. And then they, they would reflect and realize that He said this. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down on my own accord. And so the words, Lord, of the Last Supper... The words that we hear in every Mass. This is my body for you. This is my blood. Poured out. Those words give form, give intelligibility to all of the physical, psychological, moral sufferings that our Lord undergoes in the cross. And our life, of course, is meant to reproduce mystically which means in mystery doesn't mean we're going to start levitating or start smelling roses every day or whatever mystical really means a participation in the mystery of Christ and all of us are mystical in that sense our life Lord each one of our lives day in and day out, participates in the Paschal mystery. And so the words of the the words of the consecration that give form, Lord, to your suffering and your effort to redeem us are the same words that have to give form to my suffering and my effort. That, Lord, when I come up against obstacles and difficulties and Misunderstandings, struggles. Well, the mass has to be the place where I find meaning, and through you and with you and in you, I give meaning to those to those difficulties, to those trials. In the same way that you did, this is my body given for you. This is the chalice of my blood. Poured out for the forgiveness of sins. There was a priest, <clears throat> Father Ron Gillis, who some of you may have known, who used an example that I always, I always liked. He would talk about the Mass as a kind of a poker game. And so in the Mass, our Lord says, this is my body and this is my blood, and kind of pushes his chips to the middle of the table. He raises us, his body and his blood, is life. And one of the ways that we can live the mass better is by responding, okay, you know, I see your body and your blood and I match it. We can't can't raise the stakes because (laughs) there's nothing more we can give. But we can can try to match his his offering, to match his bet, so to speak. Lord risks everything on the cross, gives everything on the cross, right? In the language of betting, he goes all in. And in every mass, Lord, the priest turns to the people and opens his arms and says, Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father my sacrifice, and yours. This is the great opportunity for holiness present in every Mass. That the sacrifice of the Mass is the sacrifice of our Lord on the cross, but it's also the sacrifice of the whole church, and especially of those who are present there. So your sacrifice is his sacrifice. You, what are we doing at the Mass? We're offering, we're offering God the Son to God the Father. In the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. There's nothing greater we can do. My sacrifice and yours, we're offering God the Son to God the Father for the redemption of the world in the love of the Holy Spirit. And because we're members of your body, Lord, because we're members of your church. And you say, do this in remembrance of me. He doesn't just say that to the priest. He doesn't just say that to the ministerial priesthood. He says it to each one of us. All who participate. That those words, those, those words of Lord that interpret your cross become my words and your words. I can say with you, Lord, this is my body for you. This is my blood for you, for redemption. Offer myself, offer myself with you to the Father in the Holy Spirit for love, for salvation. So, Lord, give us greater faith. Help us to see this wonderful mystery of the sacrifice of the cross. Blessed Alvaro, to attend Mass or for the priest to celebrate it is to break the frail bonds of place and time proper to our human condition and place ourselves at the summit of Golgotha. We are at the foot of the cross of Jesus where he dies for our sins, actively participating in his redeeming sacrifice. In the Mass, we break through, in a certain sense, to the eternity of God, and therefore, bring Calvary forward. It's the unbloody, it's the unbloody sacrifice, which is the same sacrifice on the cross, right? Unbloody because it's sacramental, because it's done under signs. But it's really the same sacrifice, so we're really there. I remember hearing a talk once in which it was said, you know, that if we live mass well in the morning, we have every right to go back to bed. Because we'll already have done the greatest thing that can be done, right, that day or on earth, ever. Think about what you've done. You witnessed our Lord's death and resurrection, and perhaps united yourself to it, put all your activities and united them to that, to that love of our Lord. You've been to the cenacle, you've been to Calvary, you've been to the empty tomb because, because once our Lord is present body and blood, soul and divinity is present in his resurrected body only one body of our Lord the same body of our Lord in heaven is the body of our Lord in the, in the blessed sacrament you've been to Calvary you've been to the cenacle. you've been to the empty tomb in a certain sense you've been to heaven you're caught up in the you're caught up in the presence of, of God the Son it's with God the Father and that is heaven what is there left to do go back to bed oh that's, that's I shouldn't say that maybe some of us will actually do it um <laughs> what is there left to do well as st jose maria would say well make the make the the rest of our day right make the rest of our day part of that mass in preparation for the next Mass, to refer things to the Mass. St. Josemaria, in the way, The humility of Jesus in Bethlehem, in Nazareth, on Calvary. But still more humiliation and more self-abasement in the most sacred host. More than in the stable, more than in Nazareth, more than on the cross. That is why I must love the mass so, our mass, Jesus. The humility of God. God become bread for you and for me this is my body with desire I have desired with a great desire our Lord desires to give himself to us each day in the mass and the blessed sacrament and this helps us to to examine once again our fundamental desires What what do I eagerly desire what do I desire with desire? Our Lord's passionate, Lord, you are passionate about serving. You're passionate about giving yourself. Lord, how far am I from that ideal? and help me to inch closer to it or if you want, help me to, to make a huge broad jump closer to that ideal that my desire be be to serve. And this takes a great humility, like our Lord, we can't let personal obstacles suppress that desire. Our Lord loves the apostles in spite of their treachery and in spite of their limitations. Our Lord doesn't let, you know, their attitude towards Him Affect how he's going to be towards them. He doesn't let that keep him from serving them, from giving himself to them. And so, to have this Christian ideal, Lord, as service as the ideal of my life, and our Lord says, "We—that's how—that should be our ideal." I am among you as one who serves. The greatest among you will be your servant. It's the greatest, the ideal, is to be like our Lord. Among us is one who serves. But if that's the case, Lord, I can't, be, I can't be concerned with my own status, with my own rights, with my own feelings. I can't wait for perfect conditions. Personal, internal, external people in my life. People, in my work, how the culture is going, who's been picked for VP, what Trump is saying, whether I like masks or not, you know, all these, you know, there's so many things that can get in the way of, of charity, right, we get hung up. And our Lord doesn't get hung up, right? I mean, he knows the apostles are all going to abandon him in a couple hours. And yet there he sits at the agape, this this wonderful feast of love in which he holds himself in his hands and says, This is my body for you. And he gives himself out to each one of those apostles, including Judas. Judas. And Judas is betraying him right now, right right as he says those words and loves him in that way. So, Lord, help me not to to let anything get in the way of my imitation of you. Help me not let anything get in the way of living that ideal of service which comes with this great humility. It would be easier, St. Padre Pio says, it would be easier for the world to survive without the Sun than to do without the Holy Mass. Padre Pio, great mystic, very close to God. great priest. It would be easier for the world to survive without the Sun than to do without the Holy Mass. Well Lord, I want my world, I want my world to be like that. my own personal world. Lord, I want to have to depend on my participation in the Mass. I want to have to depend totally on my receiving you, having your life within me. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood, abides in me and I in him. And maybe that's a good question, right, that can help our prayer. When I can't get the Mass, right, how much do I miss it? Do I make spiritual communions? Do I find that online Mass to watch? Do I talk to our Lord personally and say, Lord, I wish I could be with you at Mass. I wish I could receive you. During those months, or perhaps these months still, of limited participation at Mass because of COVID-19, what's my attitude? What's my longing? Where's my heart? Do I try to make up for that absence of our Lord with a greater presence of God or with more spiritual communions telling our Lord that I wish I could receive you. I wish my Lord to receive you. And then how grateful are we? Because many of us have been able to have access to Mass. How grateful. And do we go there when we can get to Mass more frequently? Do we go there with the sense, Lord? I'm going to love you for all the others who who can't who can't get to Mass but who want to. I'm going to try to make up for their absence, Lord, with a greater piety in this mass, with a greater love, with a greater attention, with a greater openness to, to making your sacrifice mine and my sacrifice yours. We go to Our Lady. Our Lady, it's interesting, she was at the foot of the cross and yet um, she didn't hear the the decoder ring, right? She wasn't at the Last Supper as far as we know. And so she was seeing what our Lord was doing without having Explicitly heard the interpretation. This is my body given for you. it's the chalice, my blood, and the new covenant. And yet, we can't imagine that our Lady, that our Lady, wasn't in on the plan. Right? That even though she wasn't there, hearing those words, the institution of the Eucharist, the consecration, which makes sense of the cross. She still knew the sense. She knew what her Son was doing. She knew what he came for. He was the Messiah. He was the Savior. He was the Deliverer. And this was the moment. And yet, what great love and what great joy and what great wonder Our Lady must have had hearing the apostles, or one of the apostles, right, recite those words of the consecration for the first time. Hearing them quote Our Lord, making Him presence, present again, standing in His person. the love the wonder the thrill our lady must have had in hearing those words this is my body the body that she formed the body that she gave birth to the body that she rocked in her arms this is my blood the blood that ran in her veins the blood that her that her heart pumped into his body and into his heart we go to her our lady Woman of the Eucharist, as St. John Paul II called her, helped to make us also men of the Eucharist, men who live for the Mass, men who live from the Mass, men who make our lives a Mass. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation, I ask your help to put them into effect, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.